All right, welcome back to the Omnia Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. And today, we are doing episode 103, and it's just Kenny and I. We have no special guests, but we are just going to be kind of doing like a generic episode. I love these episodes where we just kind of talk, rant, um, discuss things going on in the nerd world, and uh, overall, just kind of catch up on like listener letters and things like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess before we get completely started, Kenny, how are you feeling today? Doing all right. Today, uh, I'm kind of chilling. I'm... It's the calm before the storm. Tomorrow, I'm going to be running around. So I guess when when you guys hear this, I'm going to be running around, stressing out, getting all bunch of shit ready for my sister's wedding. And then on Friday is my sister's wedding. And uh, yeah, I had to practice some moves because everybody in the wedding have to like come out and do a little dance. And so I'm coming out with this lady. She's an older lady. She's like 15 years older than me, right? Damn. Um, family friend. But that's what I'm coming out with. And she messaged me. She was like, hey, like, what dance are we going to do? Yeah. I, I messaged her back. We're going to come out. And I sent her a tutorial video on the Crip Walk. <laughs> oh, and, my God. There's no and I was fucking like, way. Is she white? Yeah. And <laughs> oh, I was like, no hey, way. I was like, do you think you can learn how to do this? This is what I want to do. And then she messaged me back and she said, I'll try my best. <laughs> Yo, so I need I can't wait to see that. I know there will be videos of it, so I can't so, wait to see those videos. I'm gonna have her do the crip walk. We're gonna go up there and do the crip walk. And then do other you know than that, the crip walk? is that something yeah. you can do? See, I I know you can dance, but like, <laughs> I just can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I can crip walk. Oh. I learned how to do. I learned how to do that in high school. Around like when I learned started learning how to dance, I like branched out and learned how to do a lot of different things. And one of them was a crip walk. Yeah, I mean, you used to like do. Like b-boy dancing, right? Like you used to yeah, yeah. break dance. Breaking, popping, yep. all that shit. So, you know, I don't do it as much anymore, but it'll be fun. A quick little thing. And then I gotta give a speech at the wedding too. And obviously it's uh, your your uh your your oldest sibling. You are the oldest, but she is your oldest yeah. sibling. So I'm giving a speech. Um somewhat nervous, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm just gonna go up there and wing it. Yeah, like, I I think that the best possible thing to do for that, like, is just what you said, like do not try to prep like some super organized that's not you yeah. anyway and that's not authentic for anybody i feel like yeah i'm not gonna like a couple people told me that i have to write it down and take notes and i was like that's just not me yeah so like, i just go up there and wing it yeah just have your you know your main ideas will be in your head like the things that you yeah. really want to say to your sister you know you'll you'll memorize those things but like as far as have people go up with index cards i've seen and all that that's just not, not me that's not us that's just not who we are right not at all. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm doing. I just got back from the gym. So this this episode, we're recording it an hour later than we normally do. And I've just gotten back into working out. Um, and I am enjoying myself. Like I'm, I'm trying to do three days a week. And I, I always do an hour at the gym when I go, because I feel like if I'm going to go to this fucking place, I need to be here for at least an hour, if not a little bit more. Uh, and for people who are like trying to get into fitness and like trying to be motivated and stuff like that, I think the best thing to do, because you don't really need necessarily a gym. Uh, I think it's, it's better to, if you can like do home workouts and start with like simple stuff and also don't try to do like, I'm doing an hour, but I've been working out for a while now. But when I first started, I was just doing like 20 minutes at a time, right? Like I would do 20 minutes, like three or four times a week. And then I bumped that up to 30 minutes and then I started doing like 30 minutes of cardio. And then I started doing like 20 minutes of weightlifting and just some combination. Eventually I worked myself up to the point where I could do an hour and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, yep. But it, it has really made me feel better. Uh, 
And it also helps me with just like exhausting myself so that that way I can actually sleep because I have this problem where my brain is just active really late at night. Like I've become so nocturnal with the combination of working from home, playing video games really late, like Monster Hunter and stuff like that. Um, watch binge watching shows like Dahmer and Cyberpunk, just staying up really late. So even though I'm a person, I actually get up pretty early every day. Like I'm up at 8 a.m. if not earlier every single day, but I also don't sleep until past midnight. And yeah. it's so weird that I I, I find it. I'm, a, I'm actually scared that I'm functional. Like I am scared that something is wrong with me being able to function the way I like say up so much every day. Like I'm up so much every single day. It's yeah. weird. I don't know how I'm doing it. I don't feel tired though. That's the thing. Like I don't like even right now I did an hour at the gym. Like I walked home. It was a 20 minute walk. Every, everything about just today has been, I've been up since 6am and then I'm probably not going to go to bed until like 12 something, if not one or two, and I'll just be fine. And I don't know. And it's been, it's been like this for literally the entire pandemic. So like two years straight at first I was a little, like super alarmed by it, but now I'm just kind of getting used to it. And I don't, now that I've added the gym back into my natural routine, I'm just hoping that it helps to tire me out a little bit better because I slept really well yesterday and I went to the gym yesterday. It was like my first day back. And, uh, I'm just hoping that that continues because I normally wake up multiple times throughout the night and I hate that. Like I hate yeah, that that's, so much. That's a problem I've had for a while is like, I can never sleep unless I, unless I completely exhaust myself. I've, I never sleep all the way through like a, a session. Yeah. I, um, I wake up, I tend to wake up like every two hours, like I'll go to sleep and then I'll usually be up within two hours. And then just throughout the night or whenever I'm sleeping, I wake up like every two hours. Like, and I just, it's bad. I look at my alarm clock or like, not my alarm, but I have like an Alexa. I don't know what it's called. Echo something. I have one of the, Oh, please don't start talking. I said her name and she just lit up on my desk. I there's, they're everywhere in my room, in my bathroom, my living room, my dining room. But uh, one of the devices, the smart devices has a clock on it displayed at all times. So when I wake up, it's the first thing I look at. And like you said, it's kind of every two hours. Like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll see it says 4am and then I'll be like, fuck man. And then yeah. I'll go back to sleep and then I'll wake up at like 548 and I'm like, God damn it. Like, yep yep so i it happens it's really frustrating it's just it's so because fr- i just want to sleep and then the yeah. other thing that's bad about it is on days where i have off like if i don't have to go to work or if i don't have to do anything that day sometimes it ends up making me sleep later because what happens is i'll wake up like every two hours or something and so like i'll keep going to sleep and keep waking up over and over yeah. again and so what ends up happening is like i'll i'll like tell myself like oh, i'll just go to sleep one more time and then basically what ends up happening, like, I don't ever want to sleep longer than an eight hour period. Even if I wake up every two hours, for, like, if I go to bed at midnight, I don't want to be sleeping any later than eight. For I, I agree with that. And so, but what ends, up, what ends up happening on a day where I don't have anything to do because my sleeping is so like chopped, sometimes like I might wake up at like seven and then so I'll go back to sleep. Yeah. And then, like, I'll wake up at, like, 9 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like... What happens to me on Saturdays and Sundays a lot of the time when I have, like you said, like, kind of nothing to do, really. Um, I'll have this choppy-ass sleep. But then I know, because I don't have work, I can just kind of stay in bed. And then I'll fall back asleep and wake up 
hours later and be like, holy shit, it's 11 a.m. Like, what am I doing? With yeah, my yeah. Life? I can't yeah. sleep this whole day. But then that same night, because I didn't get up until 11 a.m. on like a Saturday or Sunday, I'm not going to bed until 3 a.m. Yep. Like, it's bad. So when it's I do bad. that, I'm just prepared. Like, okay, well, you decided that you wanted to stay in bed until fucking 11 or 12 or some crazy nonsense. So now you're just going to be up and into the crazy hours. And sometimes one of my friends gets up for work like every day at 4 a.m., uh, and sometimes he'll message me or send me reels or funny shit on Instagram and stuff like that. And sometimes I will respond immediately. And he'll be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why are you up at this? Because he knows I work from home. Like, he knows I don't get up until, you know, really, really late. And uh, he's just like, why? Like, why are you responding at 4 a.m.? Like, I sent this with the intention that you would wake up at around 8 and respond to it. Not realizing yeah. that he's like, I hope I didn't like disturb your sleep or something. I was like, no, I was, I, the problem is I was up. Like the fact that I responded that fast, you didn't wake me up and I responded. I put a laugh emoji on that, on that reel because I was already up and it was funny. <laughs> Terrible. So Terrible. That's my life. But anyways, all right, enough of that rant. Uh, we have some listener letters to get through. So we only really read these when we have just Kenny and I on the, on the podcast. We don't do it when we have guests because I feel like when we have guests, I want to get every minute possible that we can out of them just so that you guys can enjoy the episode. Uh, but when it's just Kenny and I, it's a great opportunity to do this. So one of them is from uh, one of our longest Patreon supporters, Garen, and a close friend of mine. Honestly, I talk to Garen every single week, uh, multiple times throughout the week at this point. And he's just a really cool person. Really, really, really great guy. He collects a lot of really nice shit. A lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, PSA graded cards and all that stuff. Uh, comic books. So this listener letter says, <laughs> would you rather fight one horse sized duck or 20 duck sized horses and explain why? <laughs> I've seen questions like this all over the Internet over the years. One horse sized duck or 20 Duck-sized duck horses? horses? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Do you want to... Are you going first? Are you thinking? thinking. Okay. I'm trying to think of the logistics. I think I think for all of these, it, I think it usually ends up being <laughs> 20, the, the small ones. Because I can just kick the shit out of That's, them. Okay, you're with me. Uh, maybe I should just choose the opposite just to see if I can like argue something there. But I'm thinking... Go ahead. Explain the 20. Why? why I just think... Like, so, I don't know the full physical capabilities of a duck but i feel like a horse-sized duck could be pretty dangerous like it could like flap its wing out at you or yeah. like like peck you in your face i feel like, like i don't know you have played too many video games and we just have an imagination that and, and yeah we just have an imagination that's way too uh livid and it i can't i, I can't deal with the idea yeah. Of a giant fucking duck. Because in my head, I'm just thinking of this massively big ass bird. And it, it's kind of yeah. me out. The more I think about it, the more I'd rather not deal with that at all. Like, I don't want to be anywhere near a big bird. And in terms of horses the size of ducks, like, you know, horses are all muscle. So they can still be, that's still dangerous. But I feel like you can just like punt them. You can just punt a couple yeah. of them and like Cause kick them around aren't that big they're not much bigger than just like a house cat or whatever you know granted they're standing yeah, up on yeah. two legs whereas cats are usually usually on four but some cats do stand, my cat used to stand all the time but uh i think you can just punt them like you said like the 20 duck-sized horses and maybe you get exhausted and just like run away from them or something you probably can't really run away from their horses here's the thing right and here's the other thing if we're being realistic if we're being realistic they're animals. They're, these aren't like anime animals. Right, right. They're, they're normal they're animals. They're just animals. 
So if I kick like half of these horses, the other half are running from me. I don't think they're fighting. I hope so. I, I, I think they're running scared. Yeah, if he would have specified, like, these are some angry fucking horses that have been modified to attack you, like, act, they're trying to hurt me, as opposed to them just being 20 duck-sized horses that happen, they're just horses that happen to be really tiny, mm-hmm. uh, you know, depending on how the logistics of that work, obviously depending on how we would approach the situation, but I, I, for me, I also agree that the the smaller animal, monster, whatever, and a, a huge quantity of them. Like, when they say, would you fight a bunch of, like, fifth graders or some shit, and where you get, like, an eighth grader every 12 you beat, you know, I'm like, yeah, sure. So, that's the, so that's that's one of the ones I was thinking of, is, like, 20 fifth graders or whatever. Yeah. And I've seen people argue this, and this is, because this one, that one is so easy to figure out. Horse-sized ducks, like, you gotta use your imagination. Yeah, it's just completely imaginative. I have fought, you know, at, at cookouts and family gatherings. I have fought 20, 10 year olds. Like I've done it. It's not hard. Like it is so easy to yeah. just throw them and like yeah, pick nothing. one up and use it as a shield. Like, yeah, they're it, nothing. it's, you could throw so many 10 year olds. Like I'm beating the balls off all. Like you it's not even a little brother right now. And you can just like yeah. ragdoll him at any point. At any point. Like yeah. it's, it'll never be a same experience. I have like little cousins and. You know, I don't have any nieces or nephews yet, but I do have a lot of little cousins. And when I was growing up, even when I was in like, let's say high school and my cousins were still in just like elementary or whatever, um, I had so much more strength than them. So as a yeah. full, like now I'm a full grown man who goes to the gym, by the way, and yeah. just like I could absolutely I was weaker when I was younger because I didn't work out at all. Like now I'm actually pretty strong. And so it, it would just be no contest. Like it would just I think. Like, I was probably at my show. I, I need to start running again. I got to, I, you might, you might get, I've been wanting to get working out again and I just been being lazy. I got to start doing it again. There but, was a period uh, in this podcast history where you were running or doing like a, yeah, yeah. I was working out. I, I was working out consistently. I was doing push ups, sit ups, pull ups, and running, mm-hmm. uh, I think three days a week, but I did that for like two or three months and then I just stopped. Um, <laughs> but I was probably at my strongest between the ages of like 16 and like 24. And yes, that sounds at, about right. At that time frame, I you could have threw fifty fifth graders at me, and it would not have mattered. Yeah, you would like, beat the show. Wouldn't have me. mattered one bit. So let me think about this: the horse-sized duck, like one horse-sized duck. The idea of it is terrifying because um, I can't. I personally cannot mount a horse from a standing mm. position, like as I am right now. I don't know how to properly do it, but I would be yeah, really yeah. afraid. So I'm just thinking about a horse is on four legs, right? And I feel like a horse... on two. Yes. Two little, so little waddles. I'm already thinking about the fact that a horse is on four legs and horses are already bigger than me by a good amount. Like I'm short. Like I'm not, I am five, seven, I think, like something around that. I'm not a tall yeah. guy. Um, so most horses are already just my height or higher as far as just like their natural standing position. Actually, most of them are higher. (laughs) Like, and it just, the idea of a duck that may actually be big. Cause like, I just imagine a duck standing on his two legs, just being like a little bit that is bigger than you, like straight up. Yes. Like a fucking duck. That's bigger than me. I don't know what I would even do to it. Like what am I like? That's that's the problem. I don't there. I don't know what our, what your wind condition is. Yeah. Like what is our size duck? What is my wind condition? Like, how do I actually beat it? Whereas uh, 20 duck-sized horses... Now, now, granted, horses are all... Like, they're all muscle. And so even a bunch of small-ass horses would be kind of tough. There's a... 
there's a plan of attack. It's fucking kick the shit out of them. I don't know what the plan of attack is for a giant duck. Like, I, I don't no really idea. know what you I do. Have, yeah, I have no idea what I would do. I would honestly be fucking petrify it and i think i would just keep trying to back attack it but i don't think that works like that in real life <laughs> i don't think Max yeah like I, I keep imagining myself like an rpg where i'm like running around to its backside and it's not quite turning around fast enough because it's fucking stupid and yeah, I just you're keep trying it, like, to monster hunter this yeah, fucker and i keep kicking it in the back and like running away and then trying to repeat that and hopefully its HP just goes to zero. But like, if that doesn't work, if the duck just keeps up with me, like, what are you doing, you fucking idiot? Like, this is yeah. not a video game. I'm just turning with you because I'm a, I'm a, I'm not gonna say a regular person, but like, I'm a regular person. Like, what the fuck? Then I'm also done. like, like I'm done. Ducks fly. Yes, they just actually do. A, ducks just, are just as a side note. Okay, yeah. So this is not winnable. <laughs> that shit is not winnable. So to answer your question, <laughs> the answer is twenty duck-sized horses because. I have no chance. Neither one of us has a chance against a fucking horse-sized duck. They fly. The, it, the second it, it takes air at any point, like it takes flight at any point, I'm running. So then it just like becomes if it, me running. Dude, if it tries to like dive bomb you or some shit, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, at any point, if the duck decides to take flight, or like even if they, you know how ducks, because you've probably seen this too, they just start like jumping and flapping. They don't even take flight. Yeah, they just yeah. jump and flap and like kick. Yeah. Um, that's too much. Like that's Because if it knocks you over, like you're getting trampled. Oh, yeah, you're dead. You're fucking dead. This duck is just going to fucking have its way with you. No. The answer it's is no. It's the answer you know what? It's a no. Before we move on to the next question, since we're talking about weird verses, yeah. I'll bring up one. A friend of mine hit me up recently. He just he just watched The Boys Season 3. And so he hit me up no, and he asked, that too. he said, who do I think would win? Uh, Homelander or All Might from My Hero Academia? And so I want to, I have my opinion on it, but I'll, I want to throw the question to you and see what you think. Okay. So first, this is an anime being compared to a show. Cause I assume he's talking about the show, not the comics for the boys. Yeah. He's talking about the show. Okay. Cause I have no, I, I don't know anything about the comics as far as like how powerful Homelander is in the comics and stuff like that. I'm only going to go by the actual Amazon show, the adaptation. So only feats yep. that I've seen from Homelander in the show, the boys up to season three, and that's it. Um, it's going to be all might and it's not close for me. Uh, <laughs> like it's going to. So the answer is going <laughs> to the, the answer is going to be all might. And it's honestly not going to be very close. Now, there are things that home in Homelander's defense. There are things that he has said in the boys that have scared me and made me wonder how powerful he truly is. But then there's yeah, also yeah. contradictory things that have happened that made me think, uh, you might not be as powerful as I originally thought. So let's start with what scares me about him that he has said in like recent seasons. I think it's season three when he first starts realizing that he has a base and he's basically Donald Trump and he can say what he wants. And people actually like that. Um, he became really scary. One of my favorite things that he said in that season in the latest season was, uh, you know, do it like release the tape. And I might just get fucking mad. And once I'm mad and I have nothing to lose, I might just knock New York off the fucking map. Like he just said, I might take New York off the map. And so when he said that, I was like, yo, that is a crazy thing to just throw out as a threat to somebody. And I don't want to call his bluff. Cause like, yeah, he could kill. He could kill every human being in New York. No question. Like that's not oh, for sure. But when he says, like, knock New York off the map, it made me just think that he could somehow do something to the actual landmass. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the part that started to freak me out. If he's that powerful, where he could affect the actual geography, not just like what's on top of it, but the actual land. And then, you know, New York's an island and everything. But still, 
Like the idea that he said he could take New York out of existence, essentially is what his threat was. That has freaked me out. However, there are things like the, the event that he was threatened with in that same scene, the plane part where him and uh, what's Maeve, they were on a plane and basically the plane was going down. A lot of people were about to die and they had an opportunity to try to save them. And Homelander made like a really shitty attempt, but he quickly came to the conclusion that like, I can't stop this from happening. And yeah, they yeah, offered yeah. all these solutions like, well, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, no, I can't. Like, we can't do that. And that limitation that they put on, this is like early seasons, right? Like that's season one. Yeah, that's season one. That's season one. Okay. Yeah. So that limitation, when he started talking about how they couldn't just carry the plane the rest of the way to its destination or like have them have all the people get a safe landing or something that made me think that he's not physically as strong as someone like Superman who could zero difficulty fly a human plane, like a plane carrying humans. Yeah, yeah. Superman could like, it It wouldn't even take anything for him to do that. And I always compare Homelander to Superman because that's clearly who he's modeled after, but he's not as powerful, at least in the show. He is yeah, not yeah. as... Once again, we don't know anything about the comics. Yes, he's not as powerful in the show as Superman by any means. Um, I think that's very clear. So they he says crazy things like, I'll knock New York off, off the map. But then he also can't really grab a plane and just like easily land it. Because in that scene, I don't even think he was necessarily trying to be malicious. I don't think he wanted a plane full of people to die if he could do something about it. It's just that yeah. if I remember correctly, like he was like, yeah, we can't really do anything. Like we have to just leave. There's That's how I remember do. it as well. Yeah, I remember him being like, I'm going to just use the word powerless to, to stop it. And so that tells me that he's not as physically strong as uh, All Might, for one, who could do that feat. Like All Might could just that's just an easy feat for All Might. All Might is just not first of all, it's an anime character. And I <laughs> that's already whenever you compare anime to things that are not anime, it's really hard on a non-anime thing. Unless it's cracked. Yeah. And I don't know many cracked real life things. Yeah. He he asked me because he was basically his at first he was, you know, arguing for Homelander and he was saying how strong Homelander is and all the different powers and abilities he has. And then I kind of was like, I took that into consideration, but then you got to figure All for One has a lot of powers too. And All Might fought him, number yes. one. Like, yes, All for One has a shit ton of So, like, used a having lot. more powers. Yeah, having more powers is nice, but like, the, the amount, I think the amount stronger and the amount faster All Might is compared to Homelander it's really is good. like, it's just way too much. And then here's like this, the, what probably the most important thing, and that's their, their psyche. Um, or most important, other than the fact that I really do think All Might would just like beat the balls off of them. Yes. But let's just say they're equal in strength and speed. Homelander has a very shaky psyche. And once he starts beating on All Might and he realizes All Might's not backing down or backing off and he keeps coming at him, yeah. that's going to start. Like, we've we watched him run away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We've watched him, like. Yeah, he, no. he started getting bad for him and he literally flew away. Um, he doesn't like the heat. He also loves, he doesn't like being injured in any way. He's not used to being injured. And I think that that part, that last part about him not being used to being injured is definitely going to play a part in it because All Might will injure him. And yes. I don't think Homelander does well with that type of thing, judging by last season. Um, I also think that, like you said, the speed and raw power of All Might is just a lot. And I think one of the scaling things, if people wanted to like, you know, I know people love power scaling, but... <laughs> 
when All Might and All For One were fighting, there were several parts where they would knock each other through several buildings and destroy the actual city. And I have yet to see anything on that level in the boys. Like, where they are punching each other through several city buildings and destroying entire city blocks with or punches when, and fisticuffs. When he showed up, I forget the exact distance, but when he showed up and all for one was like, oh, you are getting weaker. And look, because it took him a little too long to yes. get. But he got there like he like jumped there. Yes. And it was like fast. He's so, like, oh, you actually are getting slower. Yeah, he got there. Let's just use some arbitrary numbers. So these are just made up numbers. But just to kind of drive the point home about his speed and how ridiculous it is. Um, he arrived on the scene to all for one, let's just say in 47 seconds and all for one made a comment about how normally you would have gotten here in like 15 and you've gotten slower, but let's not think that like 47 seconds is slow by any means. Like emergency services don't arrive the scenes in real life for sometimes hours. Like, and yeah. that's not even a joke. Like sometimes they get there a half hour, uh, 40 minutes, like something crazy. Like a person could be shot and waiting for help for like paramedics and stuff like that. Police, they don't arrive on a scene for a while. And it depends, obviously it depends on neighborhood and traffic and like how busy the area is, all those factors. But All Might doesn't care about none of that shit because he can literally just fly, which we saw in like several of the movies and stuff. Like All Might can fly. Um, it's just a fact. And Homelander can also fly, but I don't think Homelander's speed in the air is nearly as ridiculous as all mice considering that they went out of their way to point out how fast he used to be by saying how fast he is now, but trying to downplay it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) He's that's the thing. Anime is just extra. And that's what I was like, me and my other friend were talking about. I was saying like, do you realize like anime is extra? Like there was the, the scene, there was the, the fight. It was like, Deku and Bakugo versus All Might as like one of the exams. Oh yeah, so this is like oh, All Might. God, he's he's missing his internal organs. He's old. He's losing his power, and they they covered his body in weights to weigh him down. I forgot he had, couldn't use like so, yeah, that was crazy. And he like threw a punch, and the air pressure from the punch like crushed a city block. Like, yeah, like it, okay, I forgot about this, but it's really not close. Like, it's real bad. It's not close. They were it's terrified. Real, they were terrified yeah. of him. There was the part where like they went to run away and they were like far from him. And then all might on like some eyes and shit was like boom. Like he was yeah. just like next to them and like hit one of them with his ass, like knocked them the fuck I gotta, out. I want to watch it again. I need to find a YouTube video that's not shit and just yeah, watch yeah. that. Because I just want like the fight. I don't need all the extra stuff i just want the fight i just want to see because i remember <laughs> that part was so cool and it's one of the things i really love about my hero it's just like early my hero was crack and seeing all might with a limiter placed on him still zero diff the two main characters so easily and granted they you know they were very early on in the series and they should be zero diff by the strongest hero to ever exist yeah. So you know, it makes sense narratively that he's that strong, but it's just funny because he was limited. Like he literally, <laughs> he was like he had not just the weights, but I think they told him also he can only use a percentage of his strength. Like he probably named the percentage too. Yeah, yeah. Something really, really small. But his speed is what scares me. Like you said, they try to run away, and I think that uh, Bakugo and Deku were using like whatever they could to get far away. Explosions, and I'm gonna use a hundred percent just to get away. And this man was just like, I am right here. I am right here with you. 
And uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think it'd be very close, but I do like yeah. those kind of hypothetical yeah, I think, death battles and stuff like that. I think it's a fun hypothetical. And for a second, like it took me, a, when he first proposed it to him, it took me a second to think about it. But then I was just like, I oh, know it's just all my, like, it's, yeah. And I think like it my is, brain does whenever I hear anime versus non-anime thing, I biased immediately towards anime thing. And then I, but then, you know, I'm a, rational human being i'm a logical person so the next step for me is okay well let's think about this even though i already have a bias towards anime next step is are we talking dragon ball z characters okay no dragon ball z characters okay next step and i have like this checklist like yeah it's I like, like dbz bleach naruto yeah, you know yes, what i mean they yeah, yeah, knock like, all that out the way like goku versus all right just give it to goku and let's move on <laughs> but then like if it's if we're going to be okay it's not goku it's not dbz it's not you're not talking beers and stuff like that like next step is anime how powerful is this anime are we talking a grounded anime like death note or like you know kogia stuff like that was like very grounded or are we talking some nonsense like end of series naruto shippuden where like yeah. the characters are doing things that can warp gravity and they are destroying continents with blast and like flying up into the sky, just doing all kinds of crazy shit, right? Like it's just too much. Um, Way too much. Yeah. So I go through my checklist. Yeah. Usually things on live TV are not up to snow. That's the thing. I think, I think ultimately, and I, you know, to clear it up, cause I, you know, I like Homelander. He's cool. Yeah, um, I think Homelander makes the show. Yeah, he's definitely not weak. It's just when you compare him to an anime character like Almighty, it's not close. And the the I think the the most direct comparison you can look at is something like Homelander versus Soldier Boy. Now, even though Soldier Boy had help from Butcher, they still like were going fisticuffs, yeah. and Soldier Boy's not All Might. And yeah. it's just like and they didn't if All Might was in that situation, yeah, yeah. Like, so that's I guess that is a really good way to scale it. Because if they could hurt each other more, they would. They did not destroy that entire mansion the way one hit getting blocked, mind you. So if All Might blocks a hit from All for One and mm-hmm. vice versa, because this has happened in the manga and in like the anime, when those two fought, when All Might and All for One fought, their blows to each other would actually destroy everything behind them, even though the person blocked. Yep. Everything behind them would get <clears throat> fucking destroyed. And meanwhile, Soldier Boy is like punching on walls and punching at Homelander, and nothing behind him is get, like you know things are getting fucked up, obviously because it's a fight, but not not the way you would think from somebody who's supposed to be the Superman of the series. Yeah, for um, sure. And it wasn't because they were trying to spare humans. That both of them are terrible people. So They're like, more, so awful I want to I want to specify that morals were off. Like for people who are like, well, maybe they were holding back because of morals and like the, you know, there were humans around. It wasn't that because like Super, Superman is the kind of person that will hold back for that reason. Like I want to yep. take this fight elsewhere. Same with All Might, right? Same with All, All Might, All Superman. Might like they would hold back. Yes, but given the opportunity and knowing that these two human beings are shit, or like these two soups are shit, being uh, Homelander and Soldier Boy, they were not holding back. They were trying to actively kill each other. And they did not succeed. And not only did they not succeed in killing each other, but they didn't succeed in really damaging the area the way that we've seen All Might and All for One damage the area. So that's kind of like the conclusion yep. to that. But really cool. Is. And I like that it's a comparison between two like things where Homelander represents the same type of person as what All Might represents for their verse. Yeah. Like they're, they're both the same. I, I do like patriotic. those comparisons. Yes. Yeah. I like that it's not some far off nonsense. Like, do you think Vegeta could beat Homelander? It's like, that's so just off. Like, what are we yeah. doing? Like, why, yeah. why are we doing that? It's, and 
Yeah, that one's like not even remotely close. First of all, it's not thematically relevant, yes. but it's also not even remotely close. Whereas, even though All Might, when you th- when you think about it, you're like, oh, that's not remotely close either. From a a quick glance, it looks interesting. Yes. So as long as yeah, it looks none of them interesting, are close, but it just sounds stupid. They even compare something like Vegeta to yeah. you know Homeland. I just hate when people do stuff, and people do that all the time. Just these weird yeah. ass comparisons, like where, these two characters, Vegeta versus Wolverine. Yeah, like normally what you'll see the good comparisons are like Yagami Light versus Lelouch v Britannia. Who will win? Yeah, yeah. If Lelouch had all the resources that L had, and Yagami Light was the exact same person that he is in Death Note. Because those are two geniuses we're talking about. Then they push a Kamaru in the same situation. They put Batman in the same situation. You just you're comparing geniuses, right? But then when you start comparing things, they're just like, well, this guy, like this is a different conversation. Now. Like the Agami Light versus the Agami Light and the Death Note and the Shinigamis versus Vegeta is like that's not interesting. It's not interesting at all. It's not a fight. It's not. It's nothing. Yeah. It's like does the only question to be asked is, I guess it's, it's a two part question. But like, does the Death Note even work on Vegeta first? And two, will he get the chance to write Vegeta's name in it? And and like that's the end of the entire discussion. Yeah, like, that's it's a- literally the end of the entire discussion. There's nothing else to talk about. So yeah, all right. The next listener letter comes from our guy Austin. Uh, Austin wrote in about our Dragon Ball Super superhero episode. Nice. And uh, let's see what he has to say. So he said, first off, I'd like to say not only did Gohan beat Cell with a Kamehameha. He also beat him with his dad's signature move. Also, Vegeta finally beat Goku. What's he talking about with that part? Vegeta finally beat Goku. Uh, in in the in the Dragon Ball superhero movie, um, throughout the entire movie, in the background, Goku and Vegeta are fighting, and at the end of the movie, uh, Vegeta wins the fight. You, we don't get to see the whole fight, okay? But Vegeta wins the fight. All right. Well, in my, in my recollection, Vegeta often wins against Goku, though. Like I feel like. He has a pretty good record against Goku. At least, like, they haven't fought that many times. But outside of Goku getting some help, if if you just consider, let's say the fight ends when either players are incapacitated by only the other person, I feel like Vegeta has the one-up on Goku. I'll say this. I've said this for a long time, actually. Vegeta's inf- inferiority complex to Goku is only based on the enemies they fight. Yes. It is not based on their fights. Yes. Because if you look through DBZ, Vegeta's won every fucking fight with Goku. In the Saiyan saga, Vegeta versus Goku, Vegeta blatantly beats Goku. Goku's on the ground That's triple. What I'm saying. Can't he do can't anything. he can't move. Yeah, he can't move. He has it, to it takes... tell Krillin and Gohan and him how to form a spirit bomb. Yeah, yeah. So like and they need Yajirobe to cut his tail off. Yes. Like they a need lot, all of his extra help. Where's Vegeta solo? Like, granted, yeah. Napa was there earlier, but when it came down to the cause Vegeta didn't really start fighting until Goku arrived. And like Napa was the person like Vegeta didn't even move until Goku arrived, really. Yeah. And and this is my tw- this is a 20-year-old memory for me. I haven't seen this shit in probably actually 20 years. I'm going off of just what I remember 20 years ago. But like in no world that go can people be like Goku beat Vegeta the first time they fought on planet Earth and everything like that. That just is crazy to me because yes, Vegeta got spirit bombed and that was pretty much into the fight. He escaped in his little pod or whatever like that, and that was it. And Goku was like, you know, let him go. You know, I remember Krillin or somebody had a sword and they were going to try to kill him. Kill him yeah. Like this is all off of memory because I, I love the show so much as a kid and I grew up with it. But I just know that like Goku, as far as the one v one aspect of that fight, straight up lost. So they yeah. So Goku lost, and then like you know, now that said, Goku's proven himself stronger in like various other situations. Yes. But then, off the top of my head, the next time they really fight is in the Boo Saga, 
And then that fight kind of just ends in a draw. And uh, now, granted, you know, people say Goku could have went Super Saiyan 3. Um, as we learn later, Super Saiyan, he doesn't, he can't really handle that form for very long. Um, and also, he, like, is pseudo-buffed because something we, the other thing we learn is that he can only really handle that form when he's dead. Uh, his body being dead makes it so that the key energy and the strain it puts on his body is less. Because later on, when he tries to do Super Saiyan 3, when he's alive again, uh, it is a lot harder and a lot more taxing on his body. So whether or not Super Saiyan 3 would have even really been a factor in that Vegeta fight right. is hard to say how long he could have held it on. And then on top of that, he had the I'm dead buff at that time, yeah. which like made his body more durable to the energy. But on top of that, that fight ends in a draw, and then Vegeta just knocks him out and then yep. goes on his merry way. Um, so I don't really recall these scenarios where Goku has always beaten... Uh, and this is not the like say that anything is wrong with what you're saying, Austin, about how he finally beat Goku, but I don't think that it's a finally thing. I think it's just like kind of narratively, the writers like to have Vegeta come out victorious against Goku, even if it's like with a caveat. So the first time they fought, Vegeta wins the 1v1, but then Vegeta ultimately loses the entire thing because he gets spirit bombed by like a combination of Krillin and Gohan, right? Like that's essentially what happens to him. And then the next time, like during the Buu Saga, it ends in this draw and then Vegeta back attacks Goku, if I recall, to knock him unconscious to go fight Buu on his own. Same type of scenario where there's no, like, real victor, but I also would not say that, but, like, Goku won that fight. Um, and if anything, if, like, caveat, you could say Vegeta won it, because technically, at the end of it all, Goku is unconscious on the ground, and, like, Vegeta's the person who's conscious and leaves the fight. So, like, yeah. that, but with a caveat, obviously, I'm not just going to give the W to Vegeta, but I'm saying, like, narratively, it seems to be a consistent thing that Akira Toriyama likes to have Vegeta come out on top against Goku, but not come out on top when it matters against the villains. Yeah, yeah, And that yeah. has that's a the constant thing. thing. That's like his complex, that is that Goku ultimately, in the end, always proves himself superior. Like, Goku's the one that killed Frieza, and, like, Frieza's the one that destroyed his whole fa- Vegeta's whole family and, and yeah. planet. But ultimately, yeah, like, in the fights against Kakarot, like, Vegeta doesn't do too bad. Not at all. That's one of the fights, that's one of the things where he's... He's pretty good. Uh, and this this continues on. Uh, so I didn't even know it was playing the night I saw it until the guy running our shop said he was kicking out everyone shortly after the tournament to see it. Literally went on a whim with no expectations other than the new Dragon Ball movie. I don't understand the hate behind it either. The Dragon Ball and Cell callbacks were very much enjoyable. I'm definitely excited to see just how powerful Gohan is with his new form. Although I also want to see if enraged Brawly would give Beerus any trouble and how much I have, a, I have something to say about this, that last part. So I do agree. The dragon ball and cell callbacks were pretty cool. Like I know a bit about the red ribbon army and like, I obviously know a lot about Dr. Jero yes, yes. as far as dragon ball Z goes and the, like the, the androids and all that stuff. And I love cell cells actually my favorite dragon ball villain. Like I love that character so much. He's so, I just love those cocky, but can back it up villains. And then he had a really, in my, in my opinion, his dubbed English voice was actually mm. good. The way I remember it as a kid, awesome. uh, again, now this is like a 15 plus year old memory, but That's the, way, still awesome. the way I remember Cell's voice, he sounded cool in English to me. And this is before I was watching Japanese anime, so it could just be that, like, like Kenny is vouching that no, he'd sounded all awesome regardless. And yeah. I'm hoping Cell's English true. voice is awesome. I mean, his Japanese voice is also awesome. That's the thing. Like, I think Dragon Ball is one of those anime that have a good English and yes. uh, Japanese dub because, like, 
Sal's Japanese voice is fucking incredible too. It's the same voice as uh M Bison from Street Fighter. Okay. And like, oh it, wow, it's a fucking it's a it's so cool. I think I've mentioned this before, but in fighting games, a lot of times in fighting games, they give Cell because in Japanese they have the same voice actor Cell and M Bison. They give Cell the Bison slide. Yeah. So if you ever played Street Fighter, Bison has this move where he like slides on the ground and kicks you. That move is Cell has that move in fighting games in Dragon Ball Z fighting games, and it's funny because like. That doesn't ever happen in Dragon Ball Z. That is specifically like an Easter egg nod <laughs> to them sharing a voice actor. That's, um, That's really so yeah, his Japanese voice is awesome, but Cell's English voice is the shit. Like you can't, nobody I can hate Cell. on it. I, I love Cell a lot, and uh, I so I enjoyed everything about the movie, except ironically enough, I like the callbacks to Cell. I like the build up to Cell Max and all that stuff. I just hate what he ended up being in the end, and we talked about that in the episode. Um, yeah. My only gripe with the movie is just how they misused actual cell to be the end villain when he had no per- the, my favorite thing about cell was his personality in all three forms yeah like even though i hate the dark. second form or whatever all three forms of cell just had a really cool personality to me and also kind of like horror movie-esque the first form anyway when he would go to like the news station and absorb the fucking meteorologists and stuff like that like the newscasters they, that used to creep me out because he would just leave behind only clothes and it would just be like cities that had only clothes, and you knew that those were people at one point. He's just killing them. And then they show it, too, sometimes, where you'll see somebody get stabbed, and they'll slowly get, like, their humanity sucked out of them and become nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that shit always creeped me out. Cell was a creepy villain. I love horror. Like, I'm a big horror movie kind of guy. I just saw that movie Smile that came out this past weekend. Uh, it's a horror movie. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for that type of stuff. I just love every kind of... Like, this is my favorite time of the year, honestly. Like, the last three months of the year october november december my favorite time i love the halloween season i love all this type of stuff so cell for me has always been just like he's kind of horror and he's also when he gets to his last form the horror aspect goes away but then he gets this cool aspect about him his arms are cocky he becomes so cocky and his arms are crossed a lot which i do in real life like i naturally stand with my arms crossed often um which I found out is not normal. Like a lot of people don't normally stand like that. And the reason why I found that out, because I've been trying to photograph people, some of my friends. And when I tell them to do that posture, which in my pictures on Instagram and stuff, if you see me do like, I'm, I stand. One of my favorite pictures is to stand with my arms crossed and mm-hmm. it's normal to me. Like it feels normal. I don't look awkward when I'm doing it. I tell these motherfuckers to do it and they look so uncomfortable. I'm like, why do you <laughs> look like that? They're like, I'm not used to doing this. I'm like, yeah, but like, You've crossed your arms before, right? They're like, not really. I'm like, how do you not cross your arms? Like, this is such a normal thing, I feel like. But teach his own. Anyway, I got it from Cell. So uh, the other thing I wanted to say is I am excited to see how powerful Gohan is with the new form. Um, <laughs> I will just wait to see what comes out in the manga and stuff because that form is not even in it really yet. And I have no idea how it's going to do against, you know, now we got Black Frieza. And Goku and Vegeta have power, like they have perfect ultra instinct and ultra ego and all this other shit, right? So they're way stronger than the Tournament of Power, the last anime uh, season that we that we've seen. But I'm just curious of how Gohan is going to match up against whatever the new villain's going to be, because the new villain has to be outrageous. But when that last part that you said, Brawly and Beerus, let me just say this: I know that in certain data books, in the manga, and in the anime. You can interpret based on things that have been said in all three of those mediums that other people in Universe 7 are strong and embarrassed. I think you are interpreting it wrong. Um, I think that 
narratively, it does not make sense for anyone in Universe 7 to be stronger than Beerus. And I actually think that you guys are sleeping on the fact that this is a Dragon Ball show and people tend to have other forms. And people just think that like the Beerus they see, the one that likes to sleep and just eat ice cream and play with the sands every once in a while, it's like that's all he has to offer, like the strength that you saw in Battle of the Gods and the things that he did when he fought all the other gods and beat them, like really didn't struggle too much with that either. Um, people tend to think that that's like the pinnacle of his power, and I'm just not sure where you're getting that from. Yeah. Like, I just don't believe that the Saiyans, I don't care what you've seen in the anime and manga, I just don't believe that you've seen the peak of Beerus's power, but you are seeing the peak of the Saiyans' power every time it yeah, peaks. Yeah. So like yeah. I don't I just I just do and also he has abilities that like they still don't have. Um he's a god of destruction, so that just comes with like actual abilities that the Saiyans do not have. Um but I think narratively it just doesn't make sense. I don't think that Akira Toyama is writing a god of destruction and we don't even have to get into like the angels. I just don't think that he's writing them to be surpassed by the people under them in their universe. I just don't, I don't yeah, think at that, least that's not happening. anytime soon. Not like, yet. Like that, that may come. I don't think it's happy. I think it's too soon personally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but like, here's the thing. Um, and we said this in, I think when we talked about Dragon Ball superhero, Beerus and Whis amongst all of this shit, the training that they're having on the plant at no point are either one of them ever bothered ever. They're never, ever, like, Beerus is never worried even a little bit that they're stronger than him. Because, like, okay, for example, right now the manga is on hiatus, I think. But the last thing that happened in the manga um, was the Black Frieza thing. And we don't see Beerus or anybody's reaction yet. But I highly doubt we're going to see Beerus and he's going to go, oh my god, Frieza's stronger than me. Like, that's just not, I just don't think that's going to be the result. I agree. I I just don't see a world where Beerus is going to be weaker than anyone in Universe 7 yet. Even though I know that Frieza, if you do like power scaling and all types of stuff based on how fast he became gold Frieza, and then you take it and say times 10 years, and you do all of these mathematical things that, that writers didn't actually give you, but you're just doing it because people like to, and I understand that it's entertaining. If you do all of those things, it would seem like Frieza would just be insurmountably strong right like no, like no one could ever beat him or topple him but i i think narratively like I, I have to keep using that word because it doesn't make sense from a writing standpoint to make people stronger i'm, I'm sorry you're good it doesn't I, uh, make I, sense i was muted that whole time yelling at, at them and then i unmuted and then i had a, anyway i'm sorry <laughs> you're good i just don't think it makes sense narratively for for Beerus and Whis to be weaker than the likes of Frieza and Goku and Vegeta and Brawly because they trained and yeah, the God's nah, instructions and angels have been around for hundreds or thousands of years or whatever it is. And like Goku and them are literally not even a hundred years old. Like it's, it just come on. Like at some yeah, point, I mean, Goku and Vegeta are broken. I'm sh- at one point, eventually they might be stronger, but here's the thing that I always tell people. When Goku is stronger than Beerus, we'll know because they'll show us. Yes. Like, it will be a thing, narratively. It yeah. will be a thing that they actually, like, make, they will make a point of it. It will not just be us speculating. We won't have to guess anymore. There will be a yeah. point where either they will fight for some strange reason, or Beerus will blatantly say, 
you've done it, kid. You've surpassed me. You know how you sarcastic and stuff like that, or whatever. But he will actually be really serious about it and be like, you have officially surpassed me. I have nothing else to teach you. Blah, blah, blah. I just don't think that has happened yet. And I also just think that Beerus has another form. I, he's Beerus looks like a character to me that can transform. And I don't think that they've ever said that he doesn't have any more forms or any more power-ups. So it's just crazy to assume that he doesn't in a show where almost everyone does. Like almost everyone has some kind of power up at some point when they get mad. This is Dragon Ball we're talking about here. Like yeah, people yeah, yeah. Pow powering up is just a thing that that Dragon Ball does better than anyone else because it's kind of like what laid the foundation for powering up an anime. Period. Like across time, I just have no reason to believe that that's his own. That skinny, uh, you know, pharaoh looking guy that he is. I just don't think that that's his only form. Yeah, he's got he's got more in the tank. Yeah, even if it's not a form, just a, a power-up that, like, oh, shit, here's something. Even if Toriyama doesn't even know what it is himself, right? Like, even if he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't even, I haven't even put it together myself. I just have this, because, you know, he probably has an idea in the back of his head. This is all hypothetical. But maybe if Toriyama just has, like, something in the back of his head where he's like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with Beerus as far as uh, giving him a power-up. But he does have one, and I'll work on that at some point, but it's not, I don't need to yet, because they're still not even close to him yet. That's how I feel. Yeah, so. yeah I mean... That's it. It's just, you know, when, when it won't be, it won't be a secret when we know, when we know it'll be obvious. And yeah. then on top of all of that, I don't even really think they're close. And I just based that off the fact that at no point is Weiss ever pressed. Weiss, Weiss specifically is <laughs> nowhere near it. Like I know Beerus has his monologues about, um, ultra instinct and like Goku, how good he is at it and stuff like that. And like how Beerus has been using ultra instinct. No one even knew <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, I, one of my favorite scenes in all of Dragon Ball's history is when the Z fighters are watching Goku versus Frieza and Goku was losing because he let Frieza go to 100%. Frieza whooping his ass. And they were like, why doesn't Goku use Kaioken in conjunction with Super Saiyan or whatever? And I think it might have been Vegeta because I'm pretty sure, no, Vegeta's probably dead. So it was someone who was watching though. They was like, Goku is using Kaioken. And then they sh then they show us the the viewers because we never seen it before. But like you see these spurts of red energy, and then yeah. Frieza will like punch Goku in the fucking stomach real hard, <laughs> like where you see the fist coming out his back, and then you will see the red energy disperse, and then Goku will like you know recover, and then red energy again, and then fly at Frieza and get hit again, and the red energy would disperse. And I just remember thinking in my in my head as a kid. Oh my fucking goodness. Like, this is crazy. Like, he's using Kaioken and it's not doing anything. Like, Frieza is still that much stronger than him. So, uh, I feel like that's what's going to happen, like, with Beerus when they, you know, they find out that he's actually just absurd. And the way we found out about him using Ultra Instinct and, like, no one even really realized that he was doing that and stuff. It's just, yeah. yeah. I can write on that topic for a while, as you guys can see, but let's move on. So the next listener letter uh, is also one from Austin. It's on Monster Hunter Sunbreak. So he says, I haven't gotten too far into the game yet. I did run through the title update real quick. And this is September 6th when he sent this. So this is a month old, which means that the title update 2, I don't think, was out yet. Um, nah, so he said, I did I run through it. the title update real quick. So this is title update 1. He said, with vacation coming up and working a lot in between it, haven't been able to put in the time I, I would like to. Uh, so it's mostly been playing solo. This has mostly consisted of leveling up my weapons to get ready for when I can get the last upgrade and the anomaly quest, also random collectible stuff. 
Talking about how people build differently, I never build for speed hunting. I enjoy the actual fighting instead of stun locking it to where it can't move. I build in a way that's offensively defensive, but not boring like the Lance. I use Charge Blade, and if you look at my guild card, that's literally all I've used the entire game. I branched out a bit in World and came from using Longsword. Might work on this next. But the Charge Blade definitely feels like what I wanted when I was bouncing between Generations and World. They combine both aspects. All right. It's a car outside of my apartment just fucking honking. Um, he said they combine both aspects of it in this game, which I really like. And Generations Ultimate, I thought it would be really broken if the Charge Blade got the slide and charged up Sword Attack. And in Rise, I found out I was right. Not to mention... Having a backup axe slash saw that constantly recharges files just by hitting the monsters also really nice. I know when we played, you rushed me through to the end. Now I'm about to hit uh, Master Rank 50, and I've gone back and sold everything I got help with. Now if I can figure out why the voice wasn't working, I'd be all set to uh, help with any hunts. Yeah, so a couple things here. I totally understand uh, people who enjoy, like, they want to enjoy the fight. They want to see what the monsters do. They don't like stun locking or trying to speed hunt the monster and see the fastest kill time. And so you're building for like comfort, but also your offense comes from the fact that you're comfortable. So if you have like divine blessing and your defense is at level seven and you have these other skills like defiance, which is fucking amazing and things like that, if you have these defensive skills, it kind of makes it where you spend less time healing. And so in a way you're being defensively offensive, like sure you don't have agitator fucking seven or whatever and uh, attack boost seven and crit boost three and crit eye seven and all this stuff but you might have some of those skills in there they're not all crazy dps wise but then your defense is so good that it allows you to just stay in the fights longer and, and actually tank hits because i find myself getting one shot i use libo gun so like i can't take a hit right now like all the new content for, since title update one i just can't take a single hit and i've been forced to like play perfectly i'm not a perfect person so i do get hit sometimes and when i get hit i die and it's like okay i'll know next i'll know next time i am a glass cannon kind of monster hunter guy i will dps myself out to the brim and have zero like i'll 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 dps myself out to the brim and have zero defensive skills in my set unless it's completely gratuitous and i just have extra slots left over like you'll see me put in three levels of defiance because i just have three level one slots and there's no offensive level one decoration right now at least I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Maybe in Title 2, but I don't think so either. Um, in Title 2, you could argue if you play a poison weapon that Camellio's Blessing is offensive sure. because it'll double double your poison time. Like is that what stay it does? Poison. Does it double it? Yeah, I think Camellio's Blessing level 3 doubles the length of poison. Okay, I know the description is annoying. It just says extends the duration that monsters remain poisoned. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's double. Like, I think it's been tested, it's doubled. So, Double's with Camellio's Blessing and a Poison Weapon, because Poison builds up while they're poisoned, you can effectively just have them poison the entire hunt. Yes, and that is... So, with Foray and Status Trigger and all these other DPS things that have been going on lately with Status, like, the last two title updates have really pushed that narrative. Um, status Weapons, and specifically Poison has gotten really good and you could even have now offensive level one decos. I haven't really updated my bills that much yet. Uh, I haven't been, honestly quest or not quest Austin. I haven't been really playing monster hunter that much. Like I've played enough to, I fought all the new stuff. I've unlocked the anomaly investigations at level like one eleven, Um, and like I've done a few things here and there, but I have not been playing it. Like I used to, like you guys remember, I used to be a madman on that game. Uh, I master rank over 300. I don't know exactly what the number is, but I know it's over 300. And I was laughing because 
to do some of the new quests, I think you had to be 110. And at first, I was yeah, like, yeah. and I remember saying to myself, oh, I know I'm at least over 110, because I, I hadn't played it so long. I just forgot what my master rank was. And I logged in, I saw myself at 3-something, and I was like, oh. So no matter <laughs> what they release, I will always be able to do it immediately, right? Like, yeah. I've, I think I've leveled up so no title update will ever come out that will make it where like you need to play and level up more to do it. That's yeah, how much I'm pretty much saying that's the work. That's the amount of work I put into the game already. But because I put in so much work, I can like kind of take a back seat and just every time an update comes out, I can play for a little bit, get what I need to get from it and then just move on and do something else, uh, which is a good place yeah. to be in because there are other games that I need to play. Yeah, like title update two. I haven't. I've played, but not that much, and I just yeah. don't really have time. But I've I already played Sunbreak a lot. Yeah. And once again, there's other games I'm trying to play, other responsibilities I'm trying to take care of, shows I need to watch for the podcast. Yep. Um. And so yeah, you know, I'm taking it last week. Yeah. So I'm taking it slow on Monster Hunter. But that said, I can definitely see something happening where, like, you know, me not playing that much, but then title update five comes out, and I have like. All this content that I kind of half did and maybe didn't put a lot of time that's, into, and then all of a sudden I got a lot to do. That's what I'm like, hoping is going to happen because yeah, I yeah. have been so lax with title update two to it's to the point where I I think I'm just going to kind of leave it a bit where it's at. Like I tried to play the other day with my friends, but nobody was really like down to play because everyone else in our group has kind of like slowly backed off of it too. So now that like my Discord and stuff like that is kind of dying down as far as my center goes. And we're just not playing as much. It makes it easier for me to detach. Because honestly, I am one of those people that if my friends are just like Monster Hunter or Hunt, if they send any kind of message like that, I'm basically just down. Like I'll yeah, just, yeah. like I'm down if people are down. But if people are not down, it makes it easier for me to be like, all right, cool. I can just go do something else. I too. can just chill. Yeah, yeah. Like I can do something else. But if, if one person is like, yo, can you help me with a quest? Or do you want to hunt right now? I'm pretty much going to jump on because I'm at it. Like, I don't think there's anything game breaking that came out in this title update anyway that makes it where like, my builds are severely underperforming yeah. or something like our, that. Like our builds are still fine. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you though. I, I know a lot of people who are like offensively defensive and they enjoy playing like that. And I also know people who just use one weapon. Like my one friend, our our friend, Medina, he only uses the bow. So when you say you only use charge blade, I totally get that. And I always question like you guys must re- like you you guys enjoy the game in a different way than me. One of my enjoyments from the game is I like to use multiple weapons. Like it is so fun to me to use a weapon that just ruins the monsters matchup on the contrary though. I think you guys enjoy finding out how to make your weapon work even in bad matchups. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, as somebody who I've played more than the great sword, but like I, I love the great sword I played hammer and like sword and shield and a couple other weapons, but the great sword is just so fucking fun to me, especially in rise all the cool shit that it can do, and, like, when you're switching between your scrolls. I like the Greatsword a lot. And so I like trying to figure out the best way to set it up and the best way to play the Greatsword, even through the matchups that, like, aren't that good, and just, like, hitting that zen state. The other thing is, and you know, I think an advantage that you have is the amount of Monster Hunter games you played. It's a bit easier, even when they make changes, for you to adapt to new weapons. Whereas I've... I'm still, you know, I've only played Monster Hunter for like a year, or is it two years? I think it's been one two. year. I don't know. Uh, yeah, oh, I guess it, it came out. So it came year out. Year and a half. It's been a year and a half, right? Because it came out in like March 2021. Yeah. So. So a year and a half. Yeah. I've been playing for like a year and a half. Um, most of the time dedicated to Great Sword, and so 
when I play with Greatsword, a lot of times, like, I feel like I can reach this zen-like state and, like, play in a way I want to play. Yeah. And then when I use other weapons that I still really like, like Hammer or Sword and Shield or, you know, just other random weapons, Switch X, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm always, like, okay with them. Yeah. But I never feel like I reach... The same level. Like, I, the same level. Like, there's something missing, and I'm like... I agree with I'm, that. I just, like, can't reach it yet. But like, I can play... A lot of weapons. I can play Switch Axe, Hammer, Greatsword. Um, I really haven't dabbled with new Sword and Shield. Like, I used to use Sword and Shield a bit, and not even in Rise, but in Iceborne and World. Um, but I can play, like, Longsword. Uh, but Light Bow Gun and Longsword are my two mains, and if you look at my guild card, it'll just blatantly tell you that. Like, it's going to go Light Bow Gun, it's going to go Longsword, and then it's just going to be a far drop-off. But I know how to use... And like pretty well, like charge blade and hammer and great sword and these other weapons. But I am, I feel like if someone said like, what are, what are you a master at? It's going to be long sword and light bow gun. Like what, when I go yeah, to hunt, yeah. what I feel comfortable with. And it's crazy because almost like in smash ultimate, I feel like I've covered all my matchups with those two weapons, like long sword and with long sword and light bow gun. I feel like there is not a single matchup in the game that I have. I can't just completely dominate with one of the two. And while I said earlier, you guys who basically main or like just use one weapon primarily, like 90% of your time playing is, is one weapon. That's really dope to me because some matchups are so abysmal on purpose. Like they did that on purpose. They, cause they kind of want us to explore different weapons because it keeps us playing the game longer. So when you guys force yourself to just use one weapon, like my friend Medina who uses the bow or like Kenny who uses primarily greatsword, like you Austin who uses charge blade matchups. Like for example, uh, basic goose, that matchup is terrible for greatsword. Like it's, it's just, it's just bad. It is not a good matchup. But if you're not doing some scripted speed speed run, it is just if you just fight like a regular human being using great sword, right? And you're in a group, especially because then everything changes, like the HP pulls, the flinch, how much HP it takes to flinch the monster, things like that, how long it takes to cut the tail off. All of those things change in multiplayer, and they change exponentially if it's four people. So then, like the things that you could do in great sword one v one when a monster is only targeting you don't apply anymore because it's four of us and it's going different ways. You have no idea where the bombs are dropping. Everything changes, and that changes the way the game is played completely. So then you might know your matchup even with like a bad matchup, but then you have to consider oh multiplayer changed the matchup again, yep. and you might get killed for like crazy shit. Whereas me, an asshole. I'm in the back just shooting and I'm nowhere near the bombs. Like I am nowhere near. I basically don't even get hit a single time because probably because I can't, but I pretty much don't get hit a single time against Basic Goose of any form, like both of them, seething or regular, especially seething because that one just topples all the time. But the regular one, even then, like I'm pretty much never even around the monster. And now that they've released this new skill, Intrepid Heart, I think that's what it's called, um, that gives you like a pseudo rock study mantle from world and iceborne. Now that they've introduced that and it makes it where you take 50% less damage once the bar is filled up, which is like not hard to do. And we don't get hit normally anyway. So I only need to fill it up once. And it's basically like a double moxie because I already cook for moxie every time I use a gun now because I can't take a single hit. So I'm always, I cook for moxie every quest. And then so I have moxie going. So I already can take two hits per quest. Well, I guess one and then the next one will kill me. Intrepid Heart, once I like master that and like get that into all my builds and stuff i just haven't redone them but like once i get intrepid heart into all of my builds i'll be able to take even more hits, yeah, and, more like, hits. and that's really important the other thing that's pretty interesting and i haven't messed with it yet but uh the new mizatsune skill um embolden which great it it raises the the likelihood of the monster targeting you which could be really useful as like pseudo tanking and multiplayer because yeah. like 
I, as far as I know, it's a lot more useful than diversion from what I've read so far is that it, it works a little bit better. But then on top of that, embolden makes the monster more likely to enrage. I don't know the numbers on it yet, but if the monster is enraged more, that means skills like agitator are going to yeah. be even more effective. Yep. So it's pretty interesting. Away. Like, Agitator's already good, but embolden might make it like a lot better. Yeah, the only reason Agitator isn't as meta as it used to be in World and Iceborne is because in those games, you could literally force the monster to enrage at will. You could crash him into a wall. Like, we have the Marionette Spider in this game, and oh, is, it, is it the Marionette Spider, the one where you throw him into a wall? Is that the one? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah it is. We have the Marionette Spider in this game, and that, you know, you can crash a monster to a wall, but you have to find it, you have to use it properly. In Iceborne, you just clutch claw at any point, and every weapon has it, and every weapon does it the exact same way. You clutch claw into the monster's face, throw him into a wall, they enrage, and then Agitator activates, and they had Agitator 7 in that game. So, like, that shit was just super meta. It was on every build. Like, literally every single build that was DPS-based was going to have Agitator 7, like Attack Boom 7 and all that. It was crazy. Uh, in this game, you can't force force the monsters to enrage like that, but I did know notice that Anomaly monsters enrage pretty often, and then I looked on Reddit and saw that that was... Like, it wasn't just my imagination. Like, that is a real they, thing. Like, Anomaly monsters... They enrage a lot. They enrage more often. So, Agitator's just getting better and better and better, and they're kind of pushing it as a skill. So, I, I like that, because I already... Usually... I don't know what's been happening, but I've been having a lot of... I guess I know what's happening. I have a lot more room in my builds, because they're becoming more efficient over time, naturally. Uh, so, I've been able to fit, like, Agitator 3. Like, Entitled Day 1. And all because of all... Just Entitled Day 1, we got five extra skills minimum in our armor. So, I've been having... <sighs> Agitator 3 and stuff like that, and Agitator 4 in like a lot of my builds just out of nowhere. And yeah, it's just more DPS. And I'm a DPS whore. Like I am a fucking whore for DPS. Min max. Yeah, I've been trying I've been trying to fit Agitator 5 in like all my builds. I like it a lot. It's very good. But uh yeah. Sunbreak has been dope. I've been, you know, we've been slowing down. But on the note of Monster Hunter, did you watch the trailer for Wild Hearts? So I was gonna say why don't we do this? I did not get the chance to watch them yet. What I'm going to do is we're going to take a quick break okay. and I'm going to watch them and then we can return and record the second half of this. So before we go though, I think it's a good time to just do the Patreon shout outs right now, like midway through sure. and then we can continue and I'll just stop the recording and then we can start back up. So uh, thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon uh, right now. There are, I think 40 of you guys. So really appreciate the support as always. And you know, we drop exclusive episodes that you can literally only hear and listen to or watch on our Patreon. Uh, and also the video versions of the podcast are only on Patreon. So for people who really enjoy the, now we're putting those YouTube clips out. The YouTube clips are taken from our Patreon. Basically they're like 10 minute clips of a full video version of the podcast. So if you like that, check out our Patreon. I am their podcast on Patreon. Check that out. And you can also find it on our link tree and stuff like that. Uh, but if you're interested in that, or if you want to join our discord server and stuff, um, look into our Patreon. It has a lot of different perks that you can get involved with. And also, if you just want to support us, we have a tier that's just like just for support. It'll get you access to our Discord permanently, unless obviously you do something crazy. But uh, so far, no one has done anything to get kicked out. Anyways, without further ado, I want to give a shout out to Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Henri Reynolds, CJ, Dubkdat1, Saw at Dabber's Gaming Cafe and also Dank Ritual. Check them out for TCG uh, accessories. Dan Vrabel, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, First to Home, Dalis Verneris, Estad Akuma, Mitchell Naus, 
Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safirdis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Roz Weiss, Nick Stango, Scott Palera, Hansel, uh, our two time national champion, Vincent Zen, Sarah Maria, uh, Sunny Top Cut Podcast. I always stop at that because I always think it's like Sony, but it has two N's. So it's definitely like Sunny, I think. But Sunny at the Top Cut Podcast, Alex Ahern, Philip Campa, Jalen Haskins, Arale Melfi Slump, love that name. And last but not least, Dominic Couch. Uh, again, thank you guys for your support. And we will be right back. All right, welcome back, guys. So our break is over. Uh, I just finished watching two trailer slash gameplay videos for Wild Hearts, the game coming out that is basically another version of Monster Hunter made by different developers. So I think EA is like the, the parent company behind it. Uh, yeah, EA is the publisher, but I don't believe they're the developer. So EA is not making the game. They're just funding the game, yes. I believe. So I watched the first trailer is like two minutes, and 40 seconds, and it's very cinematic. It doesn't focus too much on the gameplay. So it just shows you kind of the world and like what's going on. And it gives you some background. They live in this world that has a name like Ozma or something like that. And there's these evil fucking creature things like in monster hunter they're called kimonos it almost sounds like they said uh yeah something like that yeah something very close to they're, they're big ass monsters they're big ass monsters uh but what i liked about what i saw was that this game is stylized so it definitely has like asian inspiration i saw a lot of things that you see in monster hunter rise which is also very asian inspired just the way the geographics are like old japan like feudal japan vibes there's a lot of that in there so it, it's funny that this game is kind of like a monster hunter spinoff in a way, but it's blatantly taking the last monster hunter game, which is rise. Like it's definitely inspired yeah, yeah. more by rise than it is inspired by like older games, like world and Iceborne and generations ultimate and freedom unite and all that stuff. Um, what I will say it's beautiful. Like it looks really good. It looks like it only runs on the, yes. the really strong graphical system. So obviously PS five, Xbox and uh PC and it, what I want to like the main thing that I noticed about the game is that it looks like a combination of Monster Hunter and Fortnite. It has this fucking mechanic in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can build on the spot and you build like wooden structures and they do things. So there are traps. I actually love competition. So like Monster Hunter being a thing, created competition. Well, now they have competition where another game is going to try to develop another version of it. And they're the way competition works is so cool because they found ways to incorporate monster Hunter things, but without ripping them off blatantly. So yep. with the building thing, I saw traps and I saw bombs and things like that. So they build like, for example, if they want to have a bomb or a flash bomb, your character can build this wooden structure up and their structure will then fire a wooden, like uh, a wooden bomb that explodes and it flashes the area which is their flash bomb. Then it also can build this gigantic hammer-like structure, almost like a yeah, hammer thing. thing was wild. The hammer thing is crazy. It's like this humongous hammer thing that kind of reels back and it just like attacks the monster and slams down on it. It looks really cool. They also built like a wall. Oh, like and it bounced off wall. of it and went enraged. It got pissed off. Yeah. Of the, yeah, wall, yeah. the wall that they built took a while to erect, but when it was up, it did a lot. You could just tell it did a lot of damage. I think it broke one of the tusks of the monster they were fighting. Uh, they were fighting some kind of pig thing, and it had these two really big tusks. Yeah, they they, they called them King Tusk, yes. which is a great name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can't get much more blatant than that, right? But yeah, that monster got fucked up by that attack. It, they built this wall. Kind of reminded me of what Orochimaru does when he built the uh, he fought the Four Tails in Naruto Shippuden, and when shit got bad, when Nine Tails started 
like charging up blast the biju bombs. Orochimaru erected three uh, Rashomans, which is the name of the move that one of his Sound 5 ninjas did in the base Naruto, and it, that move is apparently crazy, just one of it. When Orochimaru erected three of them, they were like, holy shit, three Rashomans is crazy, like three gates of the underworld, and obviously Naruto's four-tailed demon just blew right through all of them, but Orochimaru didn't get hurt. He was actually kind of comically like a cartoon character upside down. When they built that wall in Wild Hearts, it reminded me of that, like just something that you build up and then hopefully the monster attacks it, but physically not with a blast. And then they like get really hurt by it. Uh, but yeah, the build mechanic is crazy. Like that looks really yep. dope. The game looks cool. It looks pretty big. So I've heard, so outside of the trailers, I've heard a couple things from like Twitter and stuff. Um, I'm not 100% sure on a lot of this stuff, but one thing I heard is that it's going to be one big map. So I don't think there's like a volcano map and like a uh, like a, a, a snow map. A snow, yeah. I, I think like there's one map, and I, I'm assuming it's really big. And also apparently it has seasons. So there's going to be like a snow season. Oh wow! Or and a fall season and a summer season, and that's going to change maybe what monsters show up and different things like that. Ice wolf looking thing. Uh, that giant tusk guy he turned into like a flaming version it almost looked like maybe that might just be how yeah. of them in rage but when he got enraged his tusks grew like yeah things, uh like almost like antlers on them and then he got like what well, looked like a fiery effect but that could just be how they look when they're enraged period but it looked like fire And he started going crazy. So they have a lot of mechanics that I saw. They have a carving mechanic like Monster Hunter. So like regular little monsters that you find on a map, you can just kill them like they're herbivores or whatever, herbivores. And uh, you can just kill them for no reason and then carve them. And you get like on on the bottom right, it'll show you instead of saying like raw meat, it said the name of the monster's meat or whatever. But it said cubed meat. Yes. And then it said a bunch of other little stat things about it. Like, it gave you all this yeah. information that I'm not... Like, Monster Hunter just says raw meat, and that's it. Like, and we just know, because we play Monster Hunter for years, what raw meat is. But somebody knew, was like, oh, okay, cool, what does that do? And you'd have to explain yeah, it. Yeah. This game seems like it's trying to give you information more, because immediately when I saw that little box, I thought about how much Monster Hunter does not give you information, and how a mm-hmm. lot of Monster Hunter is predicated on you figuring shit out on yourself. And that is fun, and it, you know, that's that's fun for people, too. Like, some people like the exploration. I imagine when I play Breath of the Wild, I'm going to be doing a lot of that. Um, yeah. so like some people like just figure it out like you don't like you if you don't know what it does you don't know how this works just keep playing try things out see what happens that's kind of the, the vibe i got from monster Hunter. but this game seems way more informative um one of the coolest things i saw was like kenny mentioned so it, there's going to be a big map i didn't know that there was going to be one big map i thought they were actually going to different places but now that you said that i'm like okay cool the other thing is the way you traverse the map is crazy yeah, I'm I'm hoping a lot of that is traversable because there was that part where they set up the little Fortnite building thing and they shoot like a fucking giant hook shot. Yes. And then they ride like the rope all and then they ride it a long way up to like the top of a mountain. And I'm assuming you could just run there. You know what I mean? Yes, and like I climb that, up that mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that there is a trail on that mountain that I can walk to it if I wanted to, and I don't need to always do just that to get there. But the fact that you can just point it at the mountain. And I don't know if you have to point at a specific spot. I think that a lot of the HUD was turned off because there was no health. There was no stamina. Yeah, yeah. There was whatever the uh, resource is required to build the wooden structures. We couldn't see what that was either. Um, and it was, there was all types of things that I imagine are going to be on display, but they obviously turned it off for a 
trailer for a gameplay video. They just want you to focus on what you're seeing and not try to worry about all of these other things. So I'm wondering how the traversing the map stuff works because the very first scene is a character building a wooden structure that creates like this little propeller thing that they put on top. And it's kind of like an umbrella, but it's like a propeller at the same time. And they fly with it. And they just like fly across the map. It's so fucking cool looking, actually. Like really The weapons look interesting too. We saw like longsword and then we saw this umbrella weapon. Yes, the parasol looking weapon. That seemed cool cool as hell. Yeah, and then there was like a weapon that was like a staff that turned into dual blades that turned into like a fucking four shirt, like a like a demon shadow shuriken. Like I was like, what is that weapon doing? So yeah, it's hype. It honestly, like you said, the umbrella slash parasol looking weapon. Immediately when I saw it, I said, "Oh yes, thank God!" Because obviously they can just copy, and they probably a lot of weapons won't be the same. So I imagine you're gonna get a long sword, you're gonna get some kind of dual blades, which is like that staff, but that's an extra layer to that to dual blades. Um, you're gonna probably get a sword and shield type weapon, and I imagine you're gonna get a great sword. Those are like the like I imagine great sword and hammer. Those are very basic weapons. Nobody can really say like, oh, you're copying my, like those are just basic weapons that people would use. And yeah. I'm wondering where they're going to get really like, this is just a R game specific. This is some really creative shit. So like a whip kind of weapon would be cool. Uh, the, the umbrella thing was really cool. And I'm hoping that there's more. I'm wondering if there's any kind of range weapon outside of you just building actual ranged attacks. Like I did see that you could build yeah. structures that will shoot things and like fire things at the monster. I'm just wondering if there's like a weapon that is an actual Yeah, like gun. a bow, bow gun. I imagine it will be though, because they have to know that a big part of Monster Hunter's base enjoys ranged weapons. Uh, so I imagine that there will be at least one, like in a first Monster Hunter game, there's light bow gun, a heavy bow gun at the very least. And, you know, it, then it gets, you know, bow comes in the second Monster Hunter game and stuff like that. And it's just been those three ever since. So one thing I will say about the game and. I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing, but I, I hope that there will. I hope that they will be able to overcome it. Assuming the game's good, so far it looks really good gameplay yeah. wise, but you know we won't know for sure. But I'm not expecting this game to have nearly as many monsters as Monster Hunter because if you think about it, this is a new game, right? Yes. Like they can't make 50 monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The monsters we've seen look really good, really detailed. They're very so like. Detailed. I can't imagine them being able to like make 50 monsters. Like I think this game will have not 50. Like, yeah. Yeah. We don't know. It'll be like, it'll be like monster hunter one. Like, yeah, I think I just don't think it'll be that many monsters. Yeah. I'm thinking a good 18 to 20, something around that range. Like, and that, that will be great. If we get that, even if we get that many, like 20 monsters would be really good. I think for, for how the game looks. Cause I'm also, also taking into consideration how it looks. It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. It it is definitely on a system that is not the Switch, like it. Oh, I heard this. Now I did. I didn't hear this from a first party party source, but where I heard it, you know, it was like through the grapevine. But I didn't have a chance to like fact Verify. check it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I this heard is, this is in their podcast. We don't really do too much fact checking around here. We just say shit. I heard it might be crossplay. Oh wow! Which is which is if it is, if that's true. Now that said, just looking at the graphics, I don't think it'll be on the Switch. I think. It's coming out on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Yep, same. And if it's true that it's crossplay, that is big. Yes. Like real big. Oh, my God. Because I'll just play it on PC. I mean, I am getting a PS5 for people who don't have me on Facebook. I actually just bought a PS5 like two days ago, for no, like out of nowhere. It was a Monday. It was a Monday night. I was sitting at my desk, and something said to me, what the fuck are you going to play the new God of War game on? I, like, It just hit me. It like <laughs> it hit me out it of It comes out soon. 
it comes out next month. And I just realized, as I was saying, because I'm going to be playing God of War this month, and I was thinking to myself, okay, you're going to be God of War in a couple days. But then, like, when the new one comes out, I don't think it's a PS4 game. And then it struck me, oh shit, this is finally how they're going to sell me a PS5. And then I decided to start investigating PS5s. And I was like, dear God, this is going to be so bad. And surprisingly, I went on Sony's official website, clicked on PS5 consoles, buy one. And there was like options to like register for this list and this invitation thing and all that. But then it was like, you could just pre-order this Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 PS5 edition. So I could have signed up for the uh, invitation thing and that would have cost me $500 or I could just buy the pre-order right now of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 PS5. Uh, even though it's a regular PS5, but it just comes with Call of Duty Modern Warfare and it adds an extra 60 bucks to the price tag. I don't play yeah, Call of yeah. Duty at all. I actually enjoy watching Warzone, but I do not play the game at all. I've actually never played it in my life. So that is basically me paying a $60 tax so that I can yeah, get a PS5. get it just so I could get it and not have to deal with any of the headache that a lot of people in the past have had to deal with with P when it comes to PS5s. There's been a lot of just bullshit when it comes to buying I mean, that system. And then honestly, like, even if you could just fucking trade the game in the so game I'm, stop, I'm thinking like about just bucks, selling like, it. I'm thinking about yeah. selling it to someone who plays Call of Duty Yeah. and like giving them a deal on it. Like, hey, I'll discount it. Like, I don't know. 10, 10 bucks, bucks or something yeah whatever. like 10 10 bucks or something like that and it's like yeah 10 bucks plus no tax because i think games was 60 dollars, right so like 10 yes. 10 bucks no tax so you just pay 50 give me 50 bucks and you can just have this call of duty game it's brand new it'll be sealed like i'll do something like that if not i'll just fucking spitefully keep it and if i have a friend over who likes to play call of duty which honestly a lot of my friends surprisingly do like call of duty uh, At the very least though you could get it on you could put it on fucking ebay yeah or, like it's a sealed copy like, honestly, like, you could even just trade it in the GameStop. Like, okay, yeah, there's probably a lot of things, because like, it's a bundle. Uh, but yeah, I'm on a PS5, and this is great, because I do want to get more into PC gaming, but I also respect, like, console gaming still. Like, it's how I've always gamed my whole life. Uh, and that, you know, a lot of things come out on console before they come out on PC. And that that's the thing that like makes PC as much as it is like the master race and all that stuff that people meme about. The one thing about it is that PC often just gets fucked over on release dates and I don't like that. Yeah, it's it can be frustrating. Like God of yeah, War. God of War the original like the 2018 God of War just came on P or just came on Steam this yeah. year. Like it's just it's a, it's a Steam release recently. Like this like this last 365 days that game has come out on Steam. Unfortunately, games get delayed. Games get delayed on PC release a lot of times. It, you know, I, there's a, a, plethora, a plethora of reasons why, but it can be annoying. I'm hoping as time goes on, we keep moving closer and closer to that being less of a thing. Yeah. Uh, to the point where now the big thing that happens is like certain companies will strike deals. Like PlayStation will get like a one year exclusivity deal where like the game will just be on PlayStation for a year and then it'll go to everything else. Yep. Um, People do shit like that. But yeah, but I think even, even that is too long for like someone who likes to play things when they yeah. come out. Like waiting, for example, World came out and then a year later the PC got it. God of War came out 2018, and then three years later, PC got it. Like, that's kind of wild for somebody. If, imagine I was the opposite and I only gamed on PC, which some people are like that. Yeah. It just kind of sucks. Like, even Final Fantasy Remake came out in 2020, a year later, Steam. Like, okay, it's a fucking year, man. It's definitely annoying. Yeah. I it comes with a couple advantages. Like it's like you you end up waiting, but then it's like 
you you get to play essentially the best version of the game, assuming it got optimized, but like graphically. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times you can get it just a lot cheaper because PC has so many more deals. And usually um, they are discounted by the time they come out. A year later, games are usually like, okay, especially if it, you know, depending on what kind of game it was, like it definitely will be cheaper. Like you said, deals, but, you got Monster Hunter for a really good deal on Iceborne. Yeah, I got Monster Hunter World as well as like 17 other games for like 10 bucks. It was crazy. <laughs> now, granted, this is like years later, yeah. but I legit spent like 10 bucks and got like 15 games. That yes. I was like, they also just do wild shit. Now, this is the PlayStation thing that I've seen. I'm sure the other systems and things like that do it, but PlayStation just gives you free games every month. And I remember yeah. there was a month where the free game was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yep. Like that was the free game. The free game was fucking Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like that, it was just Final Fantasy VII Remake. The game that I paid sixty dollars for plus tax to have it the night it came out. It was a free game, like a year later, which is really cool. Like for people, a lot of crazy deals that different companies do. Yeah, I like that type of stuff. So, but I'm hoping that what I heard is correct, and that Wild Hearts is crossplay. Because what that tells me is that it probably will have a simultaneous release. It'll come out on everything at the same time. Yes, sir. Um. And I'll definitely be playing it on PC because that's just it's gonna be one of my first experiences playing a game like that on PC, like testing my PC out, being able to upgrade stuff like that. I love tech shit like this, so this is gonna be really, really fun. Like if the game came out today, like as of today, I'd probably say I'm I'm probably gonna buy it. But obviously, we'll see more as time goes on. Yeah, it looks like it would be a pretty unique, a pretty cool experience, pretty cool chance to try a Monster Hunter game. With a different vision, different people yes. helming a Monster Hunter game. And I'm interested to see what happens. I'm interested in the trailers that are coming I out. I also so. hope, and I was thinking about this as I was, as I was watching it, I'm hoping that we get a demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If me and you could play a PC demo, I yeah. think that that would be fire. We would have a lot of fun with that. We could get Medina, we can get the boys involved. And, That'd be uh, awesome. We can go and hunt and explore some of their mechanics, what we like, what we don't like. And uh, so another thing that I saw, just to like kind of go back to the Wild Hearts gameplay video. So in Monster Hunter, you have this this uh, Superman dive. It makes you invincible. Like you can't be hit while you're doing it. It lasts, it's kind of broken. It lasts for a while. Like the invincibility, how long you cannot, you're intangible for so long. Uh, and it's been in every Monster Hunter game. Like there's not been a game without it. I saw in this game that when you're running with your weapon sheath, you do a slide. Yeah, and the, the guy kept doing this slide. I assume that that slide has iframes. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, "Oh, that's so cool! Like they're finding ways again. They still want to lure in all the Monster Hunter fans, and there are a lot of us because Monster Hunter is one of the most popular games in the world now. So they're trying to like lure us in by a lot of things that we know, like carving monsters and having weapons and, and armor from the monster and things like that. Like all the base things are there. Even the way like when you get up close to a monster, you could break stuff and all, and like the way it hits the hit detection, how it feels. I was like, okay, this is a game that doesn't look shit when you hit the monster. Cause like some games, when they try to replicate Monster Hunter, they don't quite get the physics down. And that's a big problem for me. Yep. But this game looks like it's doing a good job at the core of Monster Hunter is there. And then they're adding their own like Fortnite twist to it by having the building mechanic because I was like, oh, that definitely is going to appeal to a younger crowd. Like they for sure, yeah. they know what they're doing. And there's a lot of there's a lot of p- potential options and flexibility with that mechanic that I'm interested in seeing. One other thing is I actually just really hope this game's really good, and I hope it does well. Only like almost. Let me restart this sentence. I hope the game's really good, and I hope it does really well. Simply for the fact that if those things are true. It'll force Capcom to go even harder for Monster Hunter. You yes. know what I mean? Like, like I said, competition is a good thing. 
do not be afraid of people who like rip things off or who are just competition. It makes you better. Like it will make you go harder. So they will have, if this game is really good and it is a legitimate rival to Moss Hunter, guess what? Capcom's going to have to step their pussy up. I have and, to step their game up, man. And it could like this game being good could make the next Monster Hunter even better than it would have been if this game didn't exist. Yes, because I am still not going to lie. I have some anxieties about the next Monster Hunter because Rise and Sunbreak are so good as far as the movement. Like the movement in these games is unmatched, it's unparalleled, and I don't know how I'll ever go back to not having something like this. So I want to see how they're going to incorporate movement because this game is like, oh, we have our ways to traverse the map. The maps are huge, but you can build a little propeller. Like you can't outright fly, it looks like so far, which you know that makes sense. If they if you can, that's an in-game type of thing. And I would love that, honestly. I love flying in open worlds. Let me just put that out there. I love flying in open worlds it is so cool to me but right now you can glide and gliding is really cool it like pops up in air and then you just glide down um and you can also do the thing where you just shoot like a fucking anchor into like you know a grapple a, a grapple hook into a mountain and just slide over to it so they have ways to get around that are like really masana rise-esque but not full-on spider-man like masana rises uh, but yeah. I do like the fact that it's not just running to a place because that can get really dull and boring and I don't I didn't see any animals how Moss Hunter has, but you know, yeah. Moss Hunter animals help you to traverse the map too. Like, well, specifically the dogs. Uh, so maybe, we'll uh, yeah, yeah. you mean like, oh, yeah, yeah, you mean like the that's I didn't realize that's what you meant at first. Um, yeah, yeah. When I say they don't have animals, I just mean like they don't have polycos and polymutes, uh, or animals that like assist you in battle. At least I didn't see that, yeah, yeah, me neither. Um, I didn't hear see any dogs or cats. Um, and I think we didn't see a lot of animal, they probably do a different one realistically, like they all. Yeah, like they'll probably just not do the exact same animal because there's there's so many, right? Like we can get an eagle, like give us a fucking eagle. Yeah, but they, you know, we might not even need one with the way the Fortnite building is. Yes, <laughs> Fortnite building. <laughs> I just put the trailer back or the gameplay video back on. Yeah, the guy got. I want to say he got one shot by this monster too. So the difficulty looks like it might be there too. Like he got hit one time, he died. He did get then, one shot, and then player two just came out. Oh, here's another thing. His sword at some point starts glowing and has like fire effects on it. The first time I saw it, I couldn't really tell what happened, but then he does it again later in the trailer. And it looks like you can build something that literally sets your sword on fire. I'm hoping there are other elements that you can like build something and it will imbue your weapon with that element. It looks like the way elements are done in this is that your weapon isn't just a fire weapon. It isn't just a thunder weapon. It isn't just an ice weapon. You can temporarily give your weapon an elemental boost. And if the monster, this monster is all grassy and mossy. So it makes sense that like this monster is weak to fire. So he imbues his weapon with fire yeah. and he starts attacking it. I think that could be awesome. Like really fucking awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool shit. Umbrella weapon looks all, I really like the umbrella. I really like the way that looks. That just looks so dope to me. Yeah, I'm really hoping there's a demo on uh, PC. I'm hoping that we could just play it, and I hope it's not shit. Like, I hope that it's actually a good game, and if it's good, that means that, again, Capcom will have to do better, and there's nothing wrong with competition. That's right. All right. Well, yeah, I think I was going to say, we can start wrapping up. We're yeah, getting potatoed out of our board anyway. Yeah, no, we're definitely getting uh, attacked by the broadcast monster all right well guys i hope you enjoyed this episode as i always say do the things that make you happy um and that includes you know talking about hypotheticals between anime characters and live action characters and all types of shit like that and also you know new moss hunter games 
Those That's right. Who do you think you would? Who do you think would win? All Might or Homelander? <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but you know. Yeah. Also, again, guys, listener letters are a thing. So if you want us to read them on the show and discuss them like we did in this episode, just write into I'm Nerd Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's I am Nerd Podcast at gmail.com. I and then the letter M and then the letter N. Uh, you know, I am Nerd Podcast at gmail.com. Write in. Uh, we will read it a lot on the show. We always get to them at some point. Like, I don't think there's any letters that we flat out just have not read yet. So if you send us a letter, even if it takes us a month, sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, we will read it eventually. And, you know, if it's interesting, we may read it sooner than later. Like, it, it just depends on our scheduling and like what guests we have and stuff like that. But yeah, we always read the letters from from people and we, we appreciate them too because it gives us something to talk about. Stuff that we ourselves probably didn't even think about. Like, I honestly didn't think about fighting 20 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck. I, that never, ever came to my mind on my own. So, yeah, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, have a good night. Or whatever it is where you're at. Potato. Please, yeah.